0: Welcome, Screensavers. I'm Michael Gallett. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sitkus. Together, we host the Silver Screensavers podcast. Today, it is part two of our year in review of 2022. It's the second annual Silver Screen Saver Awards where we hand out some special accolades to the films of 2022 in many categories, including movie we want to do over, over. Over, 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 over. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs>
1: Forget, forget Academy Awards. These actors are going to put Silver Screen Award, Sabres Award winner before their name. <laughs> yes,
0: when they get uh, the movie we want to do-over from, when they, when they get favorite movie theater experience and our best use of an F word in a PG-13 movie, all that and more coming up. Let's start with best lead performance of the year. I have a lot of nominees for this. I'm not quite sure who I'm going to pick. Tyler, do you care to start? Who would you give for lead performance of the year? Oh,
1: this one I had to, to... I could only narrow it down to two people. Um, I could not give one over the edge of the other. And there's no surprises here. Number one, Michelle Yeoh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. I, in our last episode we spoke at length, she is phenomenal in this role. Um, I loved her as the kind of like out of like I don't know how to say it, not fully immersed, um, American kind of role. And I thought that played well. Um, like her kind of just mixing up things like Rakakoonie, stuff like that, just was so incredible. She was so good in this role. I loved her relationship with not with um, Kihei Kwan's character, and uh, I forget the daughter's name. Stephanie Shu, <laughs> with Stephanie Shu's character as well. Um, I I just thought it was incredible to see this character play. Like you don't see this very often, where like this an actor, an older actor plays like an action hero. An older female actor plays an actor action kind of star, and she does it so well, and it works. It works so well. Everything in this movie she does works phenomenally. And then I had to give her the the runner up as well. Tied, they're tied for first. Brendan Fraser and the Whale. I thought his performance carried that movie. He was phenomenal, heartbreaking as Charlie, and just kind of you felt you felt everything for him, and you kind of like felt especially his struggle to kind of see like the goodness and everything. Just such a heartwarming role, such a heartbreaking role at the same time. And I loved him in that as well. So.
0: I think those are both very good picks. I'll tell you who I was thinking about. In addition, I have those two as well, and you really said it all. I you know, Kihoi Kwan has been one winning everything for supporting actor, which he deserves. He gave the best speech of the Golden Globes, and he was the first one, so it like kinda like ruined everybody else's chances. <laughs> but I I feel like he's almost on the edge of being a lead performer in that movie. Am I wrong about that?
1: Oh, I, yeah. I, I, spoilers. I have him as best supporting. So I did yeah, just cause probably. everyone else does, but I, just I feel like he's that.
0: right on the edge. Like Wayman, you know, Wayman's a lead character in that. So, uh, I, I thought about him, but I'll bring him back for supporting Colin Farrell in the Banshees of Inisherin. year. And Jenny Slate as Marcel mm-hmm. and Marcel the shell, give give a little accolade to voice work. Rebecca Hall in Resurrection, Jake Gyllenhaal in Ambulance going 110 <laughs> miles an hour, the camera's yeah. swooping around him, he's calling people Mel Gibson, right, Mel Gibson, I think he, like, calls the guy, he's so, he, like, he took the tone of that movie, and he put it in a syringe and injected it into himself, and what we got was marvelous, Aubrey Plaza and Emily the Criminal was great. In RRR, the two leads, N.T. Ramaral Jr. and Ramsharan, wonderful. Those guys are fantastic. Gabriel LaBelle, I thought, was really great in the Fablemans. I know kind of a younger performer not getting as much attention. I believe he won the Young Performer Award at Critics' Choice, and I think it's well-deserved. He was very good. Danielle Jimenez-Cacho and Bardo was awesome. Dale Dickey in A Love Song was good. And I went on a rant on our Top 10 of the Year episode about how I don't want Austin Butler to win the Oscar I do think he was very very good as Elvis I'm not the world's biggest fan of impression roles and again I'm not criticizing his performance because it is an impression I think as far as bringing life to somebody that we already know and is already like well filmed Elvis is the most iconic American he does bring something new to it and I thought he was very good so I I will highlight him my choice, if I'm making one, is Mia Goth in Pearl. She is it, so she's mine. Matt, what about you?
1: Wait, I just want to say real quick, Austin Butler is still Elvis, though. He's he's now just become he's, he's yeah, stuck he in Elvis. Elvis. So, you
2: know that's impressive. Okay, well, of course Mia Goth is gonna be my number one, but mm. I do I I guess I'll highlight a few more because should go. You know, at this point, we should go without saying we're all in the. All hail me a goth camp over here right now. Um, We are. I also want a second Brandon Fraser and the Whale. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention this one, Mike. Diego Calva.
0: So I was going to give a special award to just the entire cast of Babylon. Because, like, all of them come in and out so much of the movie. Yeah. I just, everybody in Babylon is fantastic and Babylon is fantastic. But thank you for mentioning that.
2: Yeah. Rafe Fiennes, I don't know if you would necessarily call him the lead or a support in the menu. He kind of is kind of straddles that line a bit, but I want to talk yeah. about Rafe Fiennes in the menu. Daniel Kaluuya in Nope. Sure. And Kiki Palmer in Nope, really. Um, both all fantastic. Um, one more I want to shout out is Lauren Lavera in Terrifier 2. Uh, movie... So the first Terrifier, I mean, ha- kind of had the the quote final girl of your typical slasher but they weren't super well developed for what for what they were they were pretty good but i didn't really have the same connection with any of the the leads besides art the clown in the first terrifier where in terrifier 2 having a proper final girl and really like an actress that it really brings a lot of charm and Sincerity to the role, I I think she did a fantastic job, and she was a big part of what made Terrifier Two so appealing and charming, and really helped it transcend its budget and sort of the the box it could have been put in otherwise.
0: I like that. That's a very good argument. All right, so I'm going with Goth. You're going with Goth, and Tyler's going with Yo and Fraser, right? Yes. All right. We're moving on to supporting performance tyler what'd you do for a supporting performance
1: i gave it i spoiled this already but i gave it to um i thought he waymond was honestly one of my favorite movie characters of the year um i loved him i sympathized with him so much he'll show up later in the awards Uh, i won't spoil which but um just everything about this character was so good just to like How emotional he was and yet he also had a scene where he used the fanny pack as nunchucks and just incredible. The range he showed in this movie. I'm so glad he decided to come back to acting and I can't wait to see what he does in the future.
0: I second it completely. I so I will go different than him. I would second his win, but I'll just go different. Stephanie Shu, Great in everything, everywhere. Hong Chao, again, my choice of Hong Chao this year would be in The Menu, but she's also great in The Whale. The entire supporting cast of Banshees, Barry and Kerry Condon, everybody in there. Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, he has really one scene. I think he takes that one scene and just knocks it into outer space. He's so good in it. Theo Rossi in Emily the Criminal was also very good. And Tracy Letts, in deep water, <laughs> driving the car, the, I got I to gotta text my wife that there's a murderer after I me. I am <laughs> writing a book about this. Like, you did it, Tracy. It was fantastic. Um, if I have to, I'm going to go with Carrie Condon. I think she was so great. I loved her. But I'll, I'll do it tied with her and Stephanie's shoe. Matt, what about you?
2: I mean, we're three for three on Kihei Kwan. I think, um, absolutely one of my favorite supporting performances of the year. Just to highlight a couple other ones, um, I really like Dean Fleischer Camp in Marcel the Shell as the documentarian, the sort of the sort of uh, counterpart to Marcel throughout the movie. That's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go back to Terrifier to David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown. You could easily make the argument that that the role of Art the Clown would be a lead performance, seeing as he, you know, it's sort of his franchise and his face on the poster. But I can't go without mentioning David Howard and Thornton's performance as Art the Clown, because he provides so much menace without really making any noise or saying a single word throughout the whole movie, and I thought I. Uh, I just think that was very impressive. And I want a second Hong Chao in the whale as well in the menu. Definitely the menu.
0: Mm. All right. It's time for best use of an F word in a PG-13 movie. I don't know, but I really don't think there was any competition. It's Moonfall, baby. Mm. There was the double whammy. Yeah. John Bradley in the (laughs) drive-thru saying, what the F? And then there's F the Moon written on the side of a rocket. But Tyler, what do you have?
1: I do have a runner up. I will say it said Moonfall It's the second one. And that's Batman when the commissioner's like, Hey, this must be your uh, this must be your favorite holiday, huh? Happy F and Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was there's... a very punchy F bomb in the PG
2: thirteen film. So no, I appreciate it. No love that. for the one in the three five five. So that's No, the... that was terrible. That was the worst one. <laughs>
0: That was the first one that I listed of the year. We have that, Moonfall, The In-Between, that teen movie which wins for most ridiculous scene of a car going 90 miles an hour on a suburban street at night. Um, Top Gun Maverick, I thought that one was pretty good when like the enemy plane pulls like that pullback move and Rooster says, what the F was that? The Man from Toronto, which I didn't think I'd ever say the name of that movie again, but that one has it. 13 Lives has it for no reason at all. Fall has it. Of all the F-words that they said in Fall that they had to deep fake out, they chose the lamest one. I think it's like Jeffrey D. Morgan saying it like in conversation. <laughs> the Fablemans has a pretty good one. I'm not going to spoil that one. And then Avatar, I think the Colonel says it. I'm sure there were more. Those were the ones that I listed. Moonfall, for me, is the clear winner. Matt, any disagreement?
2: No. I'm pretty sure the 2023 one is already locked down, though.
0: Yes, I would say so, but we're going to have to wait a whole other year to reveal that. (laughs) Let's talk about movie place that we would most like to visit in real life. Tyler, go ahead.
1: I had to give it to the obvious. Pandora just really me, yes let me be an avatar and let me run around pandora absolutely i want to put my hair ponytail thing and animals in, bond with them and fly around and visit the water kingdoms yes absolutely, Pandora.
0: you want to you want to meet with one of the tolkien and be like why did you break the whale code why right. like
1: payakin why did you do this why did you kill And then he's like, I'll never do it again. And he just starts killing humans.
0: (laughs) I'm going to throw a few at you guys. My pick would be the seaside town and the sea beast. Seems like a ton of fun. It's absolutely beautiful. A couple more I considered. The snail sanctuary in deep water. I would like to go in there. I would like for Ben Affleck to tell me about a bunch of snails. The view in Watcher. Now, Mm. that was a creepy apartment building because there was a killer across the street. But Take Away the Killer, that was a beautiful view <laughs> of an apartment building. I agree. Lovely. Lovely. Would you, the basement in Barbarian? Would you guys ever want to <laughs> go? There? Oh, what? Why I <laughs> what? No. No. I, um, how about the Gotham of the Batman? I also don't want to go there.
1: Yeah, no. uh, there's just crime around every corner. Like everyone's just getting jumped and mutilated and murdered. <laughs>
0: Um, I know you guys didn't see this one, but The Strange World of Mad God. That would be an interesting place to visit. These Italian villages where no one is Italian from both versions of Pinocchio. Yeah,
1: fascist Italy.
0: (laughs) No one's Italian except for... Yeah, except for Geppetto in one of the movies and not even in the better movie.
1: (laughs) I love the line in the GDT one where it's like, such a fine Italian gentleman. (laughs) Like the most (laughs) American voice possible.
0: (laughs) And then the last one I put was the North Shore of the movie The Good House, which had a beautiful location, beautiful actors, and just the worst scripts. That I've seen in a while, so that is it, Matt. What are you going for?
2: At least Sigourney Weaver was playing someone the same age as her instead of like a fourteen-year-old. Without changing I love her Sigourney voice so, so much.
0: Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> um.
2: So both, I have two, and they're both around the Mediterranean. So they're they're pretty much the same. One would be the island from Glass Onion. All right. Uh, the Greek island from Glass Onion, and the Turkish resort from Aftersun.
0: Okay, yeah. I gotta say, I was not like, oh, I have to go here immediately when I watched that movie. I mean,
2: I know the whole point is it was kind of a cheaper sort of budget resort, but yeah. more just the locale and and the nostalgic lens that they present it through in that movie was, seemed very enticing. Or the... The uh, Island of Inishirin.
0: Okay, yeah, totally. Even though the movie convinced me that I wouldn't want to spend more than five minutes there.
2: That's what I got for it.
0: <laughs> Like a day trip, and that would be it. I mean,
2: yeah, it doesn't didn't have to be even longer than a day trip, but...
0: No, no, I'm sure it's a lovely place in real life, just from the movie.
2: Um, Yeah, and that's, that's what I got. I certainly would not want to go to Vietnam during the 1960s with a pack of warm
0: PBRs. <laughs> Shout out to Zach Efron. I like that movie. (laughs) I forgot that movie existed until you just mentioned it. I kind of did too. uh, Greatest beer run ever, and like I read the book. And you know, watching a movie is a couple of hours. Reading a book is like at least a few hours so i spent like several hours with this material all together and forgot that it existed so
2: (laughs) that or maybe if nothing else maybe the mansion from bodies 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 as long as the hurricane doesn't knock out the power
0: that's true and that was a cool place uh without without all the stuff that goes on guys time to to bow our heads and say goodbye in our memoriam for non-human pals who went too soon Matt's taking the hat off for this. I took
1: mine off, so, you know, come on.
0: Thank you it's for mine. the respect. Uh, Gordy from Olds. Mm. In they, them, Old Duke the dog.
1: <laughs> I've never laughed harder at violence towards a dog. Dear
2: <laughs> they're God.
0: Like, they're doing a bow and arrow exercise at this camp and Kevin bacon is like the camp leader and there's like a big burly guy i think who's like one of the one of the staff at the camp and i might be getting this wrong a little bit but he's like if you don't hit the target the next time and then they cut to the burly guy like holding a sledgehammer next to the dog He's like, I'm gonna have him break old Duke's legs. It's it so face? it's so jarring and ridiculous. <laughs> you have to watch that scene. I promise you, it's so ridiculous that it's not upsetting. R.I.P. Old Duke, um, the drone from Fall. When they yeah, get so close road. to like getting to that restaurant, and then the truck <laughs> crushes it. That was the funniest thing I've seen I, in a theater all I was year.
1: dying during that scene.
0: The dumbass goose from <laughs> Pearl. Uh, every vampire in LA who was just minding their own business in day shift, they weren't doing anything wrong. And then Jamie Foxx just had to come and shoot them because he had to earn some money. And they were not hurting anybody. And then mustache, the cat oh. from Smile.
2: I forgot that was the cat's name. So I saw the line that said, "Mustache from Smile." I'm like, who had a mustache in that movie? It wasn't Calvin uh, when he ripped his face off? Just how did people think this movie was scary?
0: <laughs> Smile. Yes. Yeah. Because the boy got a dead cat for a present. That's terrifying.
1: Show us what you got, and he's like, he wants the dead cat. <laughs> it's dead.
0: All right, if I have to.
1: If you're you're making me, it's a dead cat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next is most misleading trailer. So a trailer that made us think the movie was going to be one thing, and then it was another. Tyler, what do you got for this? I
1: have two for this. And one of them is 3,000 Years of Longing. Mm. Because I thought this was going to be a bonkers, over-the-top, like nonstop adventure. And it was one of the most boring movies I've ever watched Like mm-hmm. the trailer is set to like some EDM song And it's showing like all the crazy stuff And then when the crazy stuff happens in the movie It's in the most boring context imaginable And you're just like wow this movie is really dragon <laughs> Like I, the, the trailer was cut so differently Like it almost looked like an everything everywhere all at once kind of thing So I was excited for it And I just did not have any joy for this (laughs) film. Like I was so bored during this film. I was gonna say the second is Deepwater. Because in Deepwater, I thought this was like an open relationship that he like took back. (laughs) And in the movie it's like he doesn't know about it, but she's open about it. And I'm like, what is going on? Like what is the deal here? He doesn't know this is happening. (laughs) So like it was just that.
0: still love that movie your winner is my winner it's three thousand years of longing again it's like the filmmaking and the visuals of this movie are so impressive but there's just like no narrative flow it's so slow and it's like i almost feel as though i criticized it more because i thought it was going to be this fast-paced wild thing and that's just clearly what not what george miller was going for so i'm like have i been too harsh on it but then i'm like I don't know how they would have marketed the movie if they had been true to the tone. But that was definitely the most misleading trailer. A couple more. The Menu, again, we, we all just thought it was going to be a cannibal thing. It's so much better than that. And then my last nominee for this is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Thought it was a really funny trailer. Did not think it was a funny movie. So. I agree with that. But 3,000 Years of Longing was the most misleading. Matt, what about you?
2: Um, so... My serious answer was going to be the menu, because I I agree. You know, I thought it was just going to be some kind of cannibal movie thing. It ended up being much better and much more than that. Um, but I also, while while we were listening to these off, I came up with a good one that I want to mention, and that's Halloween
0: Ends. <laughs> that's a <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: because they had us convinced it was going to be a Michael Myers story, and Not then a, it wasn't. Corey Cunningham. Mington, whatever. Corey Cunningham. <laughs> Corey Hawkins?
0: Richie Cunningham's Grants. <laughs> um Yeah, that that movie was ass. It was not good. Alright, next is Worst Line of the Year. I thought of this category because of the the line in the movie The Grey Man where Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, but Ryan Gosling asks for Chris Evans' name and he goes, Oh, it's Lloyd. And he says something like, Oh yeah, it leans Lloyd. What yeah, is it?
1: It's the mustache. It's oh, like the mustache. mustache leans Lloyd.
0: Okay, I got it totally wrong. The mustache leans Lloyd. That was awful. Tyler, what do you got for that?
1: My mine is a all-time classic line. <laughs> it's when Leatherface enters a bus full of <laughs> of teenagers ready to party with his chainsaw repping, and a bunch of people stick phones in his face, and one of the guys shouts, Hey, try anything, bro, and you're canceled. <laughs> to, to the psycho murderer.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That movie. Wow. I would also add... I don't need a box for my lunch from Black Adam. Like, what? What is that? That's awful. Matt, what do you got? What do you think?
1: Can I throw one out while you're looking?
0: Yeah. Do it.
1: So it's the line in ambulance. It's like, should you be drinking a Heineken while on work? It's just like, it's not alcoholic. Just the worst product placement imaginable. <laughs>
2: Uh, I thought
0: Asa Gonzalez did a great job with that.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm just going to second all the ones that you guys did.
0: Yeah, they were they were not good. Next up is Star of the Year, or Movie MVP. This is the person in the movie business who had the best year in 2022. Tyler, what do you got?
1: So I'm going to go with a unsung hero here, and I'm going to go with Colin Farrell. I thought he had a good year, even mm. if I didn't like all his movies. But he had After Yang... Mm-hmm. The Batman, yep. which he was a completely different person in. Like, he was. I still don't believe that's Colin Farrell. They tell me it is. I don't know if that's true. Uh, you had Amsterdam, which awful, awful film. Was he but in then,
0: Amsterdam? He was in Amsterdam. Was he?
1: Yes. Uh, no. th- th- I watched Amsterdam, did not finish. <laughs> um, And then you have Banshee's a finisher, which he's probably going to get an Oscar nom for. So he had four Big, pretty big roles for pretty big films. As I not Amsterdam wasn't, but like I liked all three of the other ones, so that's why I'm giving him my nod.
0: Yeah, he was also in uh 13 Lives, the Ron Howard movie, which was I'd say not great, but he was pretty good in, so I agree. I had him Mia Goth for X and Pearl. I mean, she's my performer of the year, Aubrey Plaza cheating a little bit between Emily the Criminal white lotus not a movie but it's packaged in there and the movie spin me Round with allison brie um i didn't see that one and i heard mixed things about it but she had that too and jenna ortega between Scream 5 x and she was also in a movie the fallout from earlier this year she had a really great year and And wednesday
2: even though it's not a movie and wednesday yeah,
0: Wednesday Cut out was, uh... Amsterdam,
1: I was wrong. <laughs> I, just, I was thinking of a different actor.
0: Okay, so Colin Farrell, not in Amsterdam.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was in 13 Lives,
2: though, so I'll give him that.
0: Yes, he was. so he was in four, yeah. I thought all, all of those people were great. Matt, who do you have?
2: I guess I'll add Anya Taylor-Joy to the mix. Okay, yeah. Um, I wish I could say Anna de Armas, but her year wasn't the most stellar
0: it but was good on one stuff. end deep water but yeah the other one so not so
2: I, much
1: I will say Anya Taylor-Joy was my runner-up and she was the one I mixed up with putting. she was in Amsterdam she was <laughs> in I accidentally Amsterdam. put it under
2: so Colin Farrell you, you mixed her up with Colin Farrell?
1: no I, I had her as my runner-up and I accidentally put Amsterdam under him instead of uh, her
0: <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy was really the penguin as Colin Farrell <laughs> as the penguin Next up is best cry of the year, moment that made you cry. Tyler, what do you got?
1: I got this is this is where my boy Kihei Kwan comes up. The Wayman speech Mm -hmm. in the multiverse where Evelyn is like the movie star. And it's the speech after the premiere where he gives the speech about like maybe in another life I'd be happy just running like a laundromat Mm -hmm. with you that part got me mm-hmm. like that part really got me. So that was that I'd have to give it that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were multiple Wayman speeches that got me. There was that one. And then the other one where he's in the universe, I think he got like, he must, I don't know if they, they were the, the enemies were like closing in on him and he's like, I don't know what's going on or what. Yeah. And he's like, I just know we have to be kind to each other. That's and, true. and that one just, that just got me too.
0: Hmm. I have to say, I didn't cry a lot this year. I think I cried a lot more last year, but a couple of moments got me. My winner, my number one, is when I watched The Letters, the Robbie Walsh film, which is great, and we sung its praises on a whole episode that you should listen to. There is a mother-daughter scene in it, and I just thought the entire ending is so transcendent and beautiful. That was my biggest cry of the year. The only other one that kind of like threatened to tear me up is at the end of Elvis, it's it's not a spoiler. You know, it goes to the end of Elvis's life, and then they show footage of one of his final performances. That got me a lot, but I'm a big Elvis fan, so that that kind of got me. Not a big cry year for me, though. Matt, what about you?
2: Um, well, besides everything, everywhere, um, gotta say the end of After Sun.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> I, I was I was definitely moved by After Sun quite a bit, and that that's the. I'm blanking on some other ones I didn't really I guess the whale there were parts that got me but After Sun really
0: got me next up is most WTF moment of the year this was done after the Giuseppe speech in old stay tuned for an episode on M. Night Shyamalan Tyler what do you have for this?
1: So I got, this is spoiler, spoiler alert, if you have, skip ahead if you don't want to be spoiled, the birthing scene from Alex Garland's Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this went on way too long, and like I was just like, what is going on? It's not even it a was spoiler. so uncomfortable. <laughs> I was so grossed out during it, and it just kept, it kept happening, and I'm just like, how many times are you going to do this?
0: So I have quite a few honorable mentions here. One is the non-alcoholic beer shout-out in Ambulance. (laughs) Again, (laughs) Aza Gonzalez handled it beautifully. Justin Long's introduction in Barbarian, because it's such a tonal shift from like the first third. The reveal in Don't Worry Darling, you know specifically what line I am referring to. Uh, Olivia Wilde's line. You're like, "What? what is going on here? Every single thing in Mad God... Paul Tibbetts um, very impressive stop motion work that I don't know what it was about, even though I watched the whole thing. Corey telling Allison about what he did in Allison, right? In Halloween Ends.
2: Yes. Oh yeah.
0: Um and her response to it. I just like, what why would any human being react in this way? <laughs> what a strange movie. Every single bit of dialogue in Stars at Noon, the Claire Denis movie, the cat in Smile, the vulture in Fall, and my winner is there's a moment in the movie The Bubble, Judd Apatow's newest movie. The Bubble is about a film crew that like gets stuck on set of a bad movie because it's COVID and everybody has COVID and they have to stay. And there's a moment when they like invite somebody on video chat who does... A dinosaur-themed version of Ladies Night over Zoom, and he's like inserting raptors into the dialogue of Ladies Night, and they're all just, they're all so annoyed, but then they just go, whatever, let's just dance to this. And so they're apathetic dancing while this guy's singing about sophisticated raptors, and that was my biggest WTF moment of the year. Like, the bubble. I don't... I hope I don't see a movie as bad as The Bubble this year, and I doubt that I will. Matt, what do you got?
2: Um, So basically everything in Orphan First Kill. Okay. In the best way. Um, I really can't argue with the the birthing scene from Men, though. That's gotta be my top. Yeah. Um, The very beginning of Babylon, (laughs) where they're pushing the elephant up the hill.
0: Everything in (laughs) Babylon, but in the best way. Toby Maguire and Babylon. That's that's what it is, (laughs) and the dungeon.
2: Oh God, yeah, that's that's true. Um, Yeah, that's what I got. Oh no, and I guess the first time I watched X, when Howard and Pearl are uh, you know doing the thing, that that really made me wonder uh, how, uh, what choices I made in my life to reach that point
0: <laughs> no comment next is best sequel tyler what's your best sequel
1: i mean everyone knows the answer to this already it's top gun maverick the best sequel ever
0: that is not my answer i have it's my answer <laughs> uh, it is your answer i'm pearl pearl is i mean pearl you know, is sequel, a prequel though prequel sequel whatever <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's
1: that wasn't specified no i counted
0: x. x is a sequel <laughs> Technically a sequel that came out first. Pearl is my choice. Sonic 2 is also great. Prey is great. Jackass Forever. Really fun. Matt, what about you? I
2: I gotta go with Glass Onion.
0: Okay. It's a good pick too. Next is the year's best movie couple. Tyler, I'm curious. What do you got for this?
1: Evelyn Wang and Waymond Wang. From everything ever, all at once. I, I love them. They were okay.
0: great. Totally, totally. I'm going to, they won't be my pick, but in the same movie, I will second the Hot Dog Fingers couple with (laughs) Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis. I also have Noah and Will from Fire Island. I like the two of them. Uh, The Northmen had a few couples who were maybe not the most healthy, but they were interesting (laughs) couples. Don't Worry Darling is the the no thank you answer to this question i i don't know the florence Pugh harry styles thing did not work out my winner is j-lo and owen wilson in marry me matt what about you
2: um what about pearl and the scarecrow
0: <laughs> no this the scarecrow <laughs> didn't seem like he was into it
2: <laughs> the scarecrow did not come
0: i mean i got a second evelyn and waymond all right Next is the year's scariest movie. Again, I didn't, I wasn't really scared this, that yeah. much this year. I thought there were a lot of good horror movies, but not like, oh God, I'm frightened. There was one already in 2023 that I was very frightened by. But Matt, what do you have for this? Or I'm sorry, Tyler, what do you have for this?
1: So I had nope, just as an answer of kind of like, I wasn't scared during it, but it had that general way I felt uneasy. Like I mentioned in the last episode. Of just, it made me feel uncomfortable and tense, and I'll give it that. But also I have, as a tie, is the first half of Barbarian. Mm -hmm. I thought the first half of Barbarian, just kind of the unease of like, oh, you're sharing this um, Airbnb with some random guy, you don't know what he's going to do. And like, just to the reveal of the basement, as very tense. And then it cut to the Justin Long scene, and this movie lost all its steam as a horror. And just became laughably hilarious. So like I, I don't think the whole movie was, but just the first one. I thought the first half did good at ratcheting up tension and kind of get, making it unnerving.
0: I will second what you said in nope, I think specifically the Gordy scene is probably one of the most harrowing things I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. Also the the aliens in the barn scene I really liked. Hatching the Finnish horror movie I mentioned on the other episode. That one was also really creepy. Again, not like terrifying, scary, but very creepy. My winner is, yeah, the first third of of Barbarian is just like, wow, this is terrifying, and then it's not. So <laughs> I'll give it to a, a part of a movie. Matt, what about you?
2: Yeah, I got to go three out of three on the first. Not even half. That's probably like a third of <laughs> Yeah, Barbarian. half was generous. <laughs> Anything pre-Justin Long. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Next is Book Movie Super Pair. So a book and its adaptation that I thought were very good. I don't, Do you guys have a winner for this one? I have All Quiet on the Western Front as the winner. Okay, all right. That's a good one. Matt, do you have one? I'll give you the first one that I can think of. What's that?
2: I, I can't think of any. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, marry Me, I was tempted to put... I think Marry Me, the movie, is an, an excellent adaptation because if you've read the comic, the graphic novel Marry Me, Matt, you can attest to this. I don't know what the hell is going on in that. <laughs> no. It's very funny and enjoyable, but the fact that they took that and turned it into a comprehensible, sweet rom-com, I was impressed by. Deepwater, love it. Not The Good Nurse. The Good news is a great book, not a great movie, uh, the Bad Guys, again, turned a, a book without, like, a super developed story. You know, it's a very kind of short book, and they made a great, great movie out of it. And, Matt, you saw She Said, right? Yes. I yeah, also so thought
2: I, of my pick when you
0: are done. Okay, what's your pick? Pinocchio. Okay, sure. Yes. <laughs> I uh, I read the book She the Said. The Disney one? Yeah, the Disney one. the live, The live, quote, unquote, live action one. <laughs> I thought she said the book was excellent. It was very informative, very dramatic, loved it. And then I thought the movie was a not perfect adaptation of it that had a lot of good elements that did not gel for me.
2: Yeah, I would agree, having just seen the movie.
0: All right, next is a big one. Movie we want a do-over of. So a movie that you thought you liked the idea or maybe you thought it kind of got partway there but you're like, eh, this needs another draft. This needs some reshoots. Tyler, what do you got? So
1: I don't think this movie got part where there at all, but it just needs to be redone and completely. And that's Halloween Ends. <laughs> what yeah. What was what we got? Like, come on, yeah. make it a showdown between Laurie and Michael. What did we get? That was atrocious.
0: Matt, what about you? What do you got for this one?
2: I got to go with Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yeah. Um, because I really liked it. I like the pedigree of every everything going into it. I love Taika. I love Thor Ragnarok. Honestly, um, I'd like a do-over of all the MCU movies from the past year. But I if agree. I had to pick one of them, Thor Love and Thunder is probably the one that I would really like them to redo.
0: I completely agree. I don't, I don't think I have one winner for this because this was the year of me being disappointed in a lot of movies, unfortunately. So I'm going to rattle through the list. Men, I was very psyched for. I I didn't love it. I don't think it got all the way there. And I've thought about it a lot. And I, I can't say it's risen in my estimation. It hasn't fallen, but it hasn't really gone up either. Beast, I love an Animal Attacks movie. And this one was just not it. Just doesn't have very much energy to it. It almost just seemed like they were stretching it out to feature length. Like this could have been like a good 40 minute thing but they're just like oh we need a movie to put out so let's do this and this and this i also agree with love and thunder especially after ragnarok and again i don't need love and thunder to be exactly like ragnarok and i knew that they were going for a different kind of tone and mood and i was excited for that and i i I just do not think that it panned out the good house a very good book you had good stars kevin klein sigourney weaver you had a beautiful location movies excuse me not good I'm curious if you guys remember this one, Hellraiser, the kind of like reboot uh, of Hellraiser, that was not good.
2: Yeah, I don't remember much about it honestly.
0: There was a lot of hype for it like right before, and then I didn't hear much about it because it's it it, it was very disappointing. The three five five, the cast of some of my favorite people, and it was I didn't hate it, but it's not very good. It has one of the most confounding endings that i've ever seen put to film but they slashed them great idea not good execution unbearable weight of massive talent it was okay the trailer made it look much better i i think with a sharper script this could be a really great movie i didn't love it though three thousand years of longing we've talked about the good nurse we've talked about so th- this one is going to be like this is a good movie but i think it could have been a great movie see how they run matt you saw that right
2: yeah I I liked it. I I wouldn't say there was anything that stood out about it, but I liked
0: it. So that's what I'm saying. I thought it could have been great, but it was just kind of like, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I think there's another draft where it really gets unlocked. Uh, Spiderhead, which is the adaptation of the George Saunders story, I just don't think should be a movie. They made it into a movie. um, Also a Joseph Kaczynski movie, and it just... I think just bad conception from the start. It wasn't terrible. wasn't very good. Don't worry, darling. I think got like halfway there and then really fell apart. And I really like Olivia Wilde as a director. So I would have liked that movie to have succeeded more. So I'd like a redo. She said, I would also like a redo of, you can keep a lot of it. Some of it I think needs to be changed bones and all Ugh. just do, do, do an, an overhaul of that one. Just, no thank you on that. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I had fun watching that movie. It is not great and just completely ridiculous, unfortunately. couple more. Jurassic World Dominion. You have dinosaurs entering the real world. What could be more exciting? And then they Locusts. just forget. Locusts yeah, they are just... more exciting, obviously. <laughs> they just forget that that's the concept of the movie. <laughs> And my last one is Avatar The Way of Water. The this, this script needed to be better for a three-hour movie with that stunning of technology. It was just not as fantastic as it should have been. Next one is Unintentional Merit, where a movie was very entertaining or you liked it a lot, but not for the reasons that the filmmakers intended. Tyler, what do you have?
1: So I got two for this one. I gotta give one to Morbius. Just because of the memes. Like, that movie was not enjoyable at all. But I loved that the fact... The fact that, like, Sony misunderstood, like, people making fun of it as interest in the film and re-released it to make no money is hilarious. One of the funniest studio decisions ever. So, like, everything outside of the movie was the unintentional merit. Nothing in the movie was worth anything. But every all the memes and that fact. Is absolutely it. And then the other one is Fall. I don't think I've laughed as hard at a movie as Fall when it was trying to be serious. And, like, the drone scene, I was laughing my head off when the drone got hit by the truck. Yeah. And then the scenes of, like, the birds circling around, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Everything about this movie was ridiculous. It, it it genuinely played like a comedy instead of, like, a thriller.
0: It really was. So your winner is my winner. I, I pick Fall... And my only other one that I'm going to mention is the Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio. It was so ridiculous and absurd, but I was entertained, so I like that one. Matt, what do you have?
2: I didn't see Fall, so I can't make that my pick. I'll go with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from this year, though. For the same thing you said, Mike. It it's not good, but it was it was so bad that I that I, kept, I was laughing hysterically at different parts, and I thought that gave it some merit
0: yeah i agree next is movies we want a sequel to tyler what do you have
1: so i have one that i didn't enjoy that much but i'm curious to return to the world with a better story and that's the
0: batman oh okay i
1: i i i had the hype was there and it did not land at all for me really so i really want to see robert pattinson again take on something a little better a better villain or something, and just a more interesting story. But I'm curious to see where it goes from there. I hope they do make a sequel.
0: I think that's a great answer. My answer is Pearl and X, which we're getting in Maxine, so dreams do come true. Just a couple more. Ambulance. I would just put them in any vehicle, and I will watch it. Well, a has- dump truck. <laughs> no, yeah.
2: It has to be something that lines up with the abbreviation of whatever city it takes place in.
0: Oh, all right. We'll go to the drawing board with that. We'll come up with something good. But Michael Bay, keep keep going in vehicles. And then Sonic 2, which there will be a sequel to. So things are looking up for this category. Matt, what do you have? Um, I wouldn't
2: mind seeing another Chip and Dale movie from the same folks that made Rescue Rangers. Sure, yeah. Um, I'd be interested in some, like a sequel to Top Gun Maverick, possibly. I'd be interested to see where they take that.
0: Um,
1: Top Gun Goose.
2: Let's see a sequel to the Whale.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I don't know about that.
0: I, I'm gonna say no comment. Without
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke anyway. Um, and oh, the Gray Man, definitely the Gray Man. Oh um, well, no.
0: most likely getting something with that, so <laughs> that's fine. I I liked the Gray Man. Uh, did I like it? It was fine while I was watching it. That's what I'll say. <laughs> next is the best discovery of the year so a movie and this gets harder and harder as we get more involved and follow the the world of cinema a movie you weren't really expecting or you didn't see coming that you just kind of found and you liked it tyler
1: so i'd say x and pearl like i didn't really know ty west before but like he gave two of my top 10 movies of the year so, like, I was shocked by how much I liked those. Those were definitely discoveries of movies that I really didn't, like, feel anything for beforehand.
0: Hmm. I like that answer. I picked Fall. I, don't, I won't pick Fall because we've already talked about it much, but, again, there's probably the movie that I literally knew nothing about before seeing it and only knew, like, a week before that it was coming out. We're All Going to the World's Fair on HBO Max. That was a very cool, again, like... Internet rabbit hole movie. I didn't know too much about that one. And what I did understand about it was wrong. And then Fire Island. Great movie. Like that one. I think it's still on Hulu. So watch that. Matt, what about you? Do you have a discovery?
2: I'm going to go with Hustle. Oh, yeah. So I didn't That's really a know a lot about it going into it other than just it dropped on Netflix. And I believe you guys were the ones talking about it first. So then I checked it out after you guys had, had uh, talked about it. And I loved it. I thought. Adam Sandler is fantastic in it. I you know, I hope he can keep honing it into these sort of dramatic roles, but not but still has that bit of levity to him. That sort of Sandler charm, you know. If, I totally agree. If he can dial into this sort of stuff, I'm in for it every
0: time. Yeah, me too. And he is reuniting with the Safties, I believe, so can't wait to see that. Next is Favorite movie theater experience so going to the movies the place we all love and having a nice time there tyler what do you got
1: i have to give it to top gun maverick just such a a a popcorn movie and just the whole crowd was into it and like not overly into it whether like talking or anything but like everyone was just kind of like you know reacting to everything and that was absolutely my favorite theater experience
0: Mine was the second viewing of Babylon. My crowd was not into it. There was not many people there, as evidenced by the amount of money that this movie made. But it was nice. I was with my dad. It was a movie that I loved. And I just got to look even closer at it and see everything that I admired. Also, Pearl. That one really tore up my heart. Banshees of Anishiran was great. Had a great crowd who was really into the comedy of it. Ambulance, where I sat next to the baby midway through (laughs) the movie, and the baby was very well behaved. I'm curious as to what was going through the baby's mind when Jake Gyllenhaal was losing his mind. (laughs) Marcel the shell, where again we all just sat there because they played like a a two second like post credit scene, and we were expecting another, and then they're like, "No, that's it. You guys could go." We're like oh uh, uh, okay all right uh, uh. we were waiting for someone to, to like break the trance yeah it we was were... like the end of the three five five where we're like all right I got back we
2: were we were waiting for Sam Jackson to come out and start talking to Marcel, be like i'm talking I'm here to talk to you about the the seashell initiative <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would have been put yeah put put an eye patch over myself. <laughs> uh the end of black adam when the guy the guy had the laser pointer (laughs) circled (laughs) any other movie i would have been so pissed off but (laughs) that was funny for black adam what about
2: the dude that like fell down the stairs that was
0: the last thing i was he was like clomping (laughs) yeah so that was good that what about you
2: uh, Marcel the Shell, I would say Glass Onion, much better theater experience than I had with Knives Out. Um, crowd was into it. We were having a lot of fun. Everything Everywhere All at Once is definitely my number one, though. Talked about mm. it on the last episode a bit. Going into the city of Boston, the fine city of Boston, to check out a movie if a couple weeks before its wide release, it was just a cool experience. We got yeah. to see it in IMAX, and I don't think it showed in IMAX in very many places, so that was pretty cool. Bunch of random shenanigans happened. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, I think Marcel was the only, maybe you guys did, I think it was the only time I sat in the front row all year. Smile. Oh, that, oh, God, that was one of the <laughs> worst. Made it even that worse. Was, yeah. You, thank you for reminding me of that. That was terrible. Next is best scene of the year. Tyler, what's yours?
1: I got to throw it back to everything everywhere all at once, and I'm going to say the rock scene. The rock (laughs)
0: is great. Yeah, Yeah.
1: so like it just the amount of comedy that you could get out of just rocks with text on the screen was incredible. And I think it just served as such a great break in like the frantic pace that this movie was reaching at this point. Mm -hmm. Kind of slowed everything down and just kind of brought it. It was hilarious.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to pick any scene from Babylon, any, any one of them could be the party. It could probably is like the first sound recording, uh, with the hello college thing. That's probably it, but also the film set. You could talk about the dungeon. You could do the snake fighting scene with Eric Roberts, (laughs) any scene in this three hour movie. Also the monologue in Pearl and the one in resurrection, the bar confrontation in Banshees when Colin Farrell talks about being nice and being remembered. That was really good. The, car, the final car chase in Deepwater with Tracy Letts. <laughs> the whale song when they're in like the cheese drug den in Chippendale Rescue oh, yes. Rangers. I like that. Buffalo Belzer's Carnival in Wendell and Wild. That was one of the most impressively animated sequences that I have seen. The montage and Hustle, thought it was like a classic sports montage, but had like its own kind of rhythm to it like that. Any of the action scenes in RRR, the camping scene in the Fable mens deeply uncomfortable but deeply well done. I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw a bone to Bullet Train. We haven't talked about Bullet Train at all. I did like the quiet fight in Bullet Train. I thought that was pretty well choreographed with Brad Pitt and Brian Tyree Henry. And the end of The Letters, which I have mentioned before, watch The Letters, it is great, and it's free on Tubi, so don't even have to pay for it. Matt, what's your favorite scene of the year?
2: It's got to be the monologue from Pearl. Yeah. Objectively speaking. like Although, I don't know if it was the most fun I've ever seen, I I would say, this year, but it was probably one of the best performed. Um, Most fun would have to be... Pretty much anything from everywhere, everything everywhere, all at once. From the hot dog fingers to the, um, the rocks. Like I just completely agree. Everything about that movie.
0: I love it when like the, the hot dog finger Neanderthal like kills <laughs> yes the, the regular finger. That was really <laughs> fun. That was a really smart touch. Next is best soundtrack or song, Tyler
1: i got this can be an interesting one
0: guillermo del
1: toro's pinocchio specifically for the um the mussolini song <laughs> personally okay. but ciao papa was a great song so i gotta give it to that movie as a whole
0: ciao papa was probably also like a, a quiet third for that almost made me cry that was really sad I, the ballad version of Marry Me from Marry Me. Marry Me is the best soundtrack. The best score of the year is from Babylon, from Justin Herwitz. And when Marcel sings, that's great. Oh, Love that too. Yeah. Good musical moment. Not a, not a big year for movie musicals. I'm going to have to look more wow. closely at that. 21 was a big, big year for them. 22, not so much. Uh, I'm going to look at what we get in 23. But until then, Matt, what, what do you got for this category?
2: I'm going over to everything, everywhere, all at once again for Now We're Cooking, the Racka song where they get Randy Newman to sing him a song. Well, actually, Randy Newman is the voice of Racka for anyone that didn't know that.
0: Um, Racka was cool.
2: But yeah, Now We're Cooking. All
0: right, Now We're Cooking. I like that. Next is Most Squandered Cast. I don't remember how we came up with this one, but... Tyler, pro- what do you got?
2: It could have been from the three five five.
0: It probably was.
1: So my most squandered cast was absolutely Amsterdam, oh, that yeah. had so many good actors in it, so many good performers, and it just—I started watching this, I could not finish it. I was so bored and so lost at what was supposed to be going on that I'm just like, "I this movie is not worth this," just an awful movie.
0: I have the bubble. You have Karen Gillen, Maria Bakalova, fresh off of Borat Two, Pedro Pascal, Leslie Mann, David Duchovny, and this is just like I, I'm not gonna keep going on about how bad this movie is, but just you know I'm I'm saying less than I mean. Violent Night, same deal, not not a good movie with a pretty good cast. Christmas with the Campbells, I talked about that on our Christmas episode. Brittany Snow, Justin Long, and it's just like a. a bad parody death on the nile i want you back with charlie day no, and jenny slay Never good
1: cast no good cast holds gal Gadot.
0: oh for death on the nile yes I, I, a pedigree cast the good house with sigourney weaver and kevin klein uncharted which also wins the award for movie where i left my body and forgot that i existed <laughs> Like, I I cannot explain to you the mental state that I was in while so, watching it. It was just like I no longer existed for the hour and 40 minutes, and then I yeah. came back into myself in the end.
1: So the way I see it is, like, movies are, like, an escape. You know, like, they like you forget, like, whatever's going on, you just focus on the movie. This movie, I'm just thinking about everything else but this movie. Because, <laughs> so yeah. like, I cannot focus on this movie.
2: Yeah, it's like a two-hour void in memory from when I walked into the theater to when I walked out. Yeah. Um, but my picks for most squandered cast, uh, well, I mentioned the 355.
0: That's the namesake, yep.
2: And <laughs> this is a bit ironic because of how positive I am about this movie usually. The Gray Man. Okay. The cast was stacked.
0: Yeah, Ana de Armas got nothing Anna to Ana de do.
2: Armas, Chris Evans... Ryan Gosling, Billy Bob Thornton, um, Jessica Henwick.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Among others, uh, Julia Butters.
0: Julia Butters, yeah.
2: There are more than several good actors in that movie that could have been better. I will, I'll admit it could have been better, even though I liked it.
0: I'm going to give out a couple of special awards here that we haven't talked about yet. I talked about the out of body experience with Uncharted. I want to give some love. This is a. Well, I, I should maybe rename this, but I originally named it "Best Movie That I Don't Care About," or as I really should say, "Movie That I Appreciate But Don't Really." It, it's not my favorite, right? So movies that I think are totally great, and I would I can't critically say anything against them, but they're just not. I just didn't click with them. One is Nope, which I I liked, but my least favorite jordan peele movie so far after sun same thing great movie did not really love it tar same thing like beautiful scripts beautiful production it just was not super entertained and the last one i'll say is causeway which i've seen a lot of people praising the jennifer lawrence brian tyree henry vehicle i just that movie was too subdued for me there was it's a subdued story, but it was like too much. It was lacking energy. I did not really like it. And best recreation of real events 13 lives was great. And my last award is for best vulture performance, which was tough to decide, but it goes to the vulture who is scared out of his mind in fall. It, and that's oh, all it doesn't my awards. Go,
1: go to Vulture and Morbius? Yeah. No. What about
0: Michael No. And Morbius. Well, he's not even in the movie. He's in an advertisement for the next movie, is what that really is. Hey, Dr. Mike. Yeah. We should team up. Hey,
1: Dr. Mike, want to kill Spider-Man, the guy you've never met?
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I don't have anything else going on. All right, any final thoughts on the movie year of 2022?
1: I'm excited for 2023. We're off to a good start. Let's see how it goes.
2: Fully agree
0: All right. If you, the listener, have any thoughts on 2022 as a movie year, shout us out, Twitter and Instagram, at screensaverspod. Write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. And our Facebook is silverscreensaverspodcast. Matt, where can you be found online?
2: You can find me at MattyXsturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sitkus and
1: on Letterboxd at Tyler96.
0: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet and on Letterboxd at MGallet. Well, thank you all so much again, and we'll see you next time.
1: And I want to give one special award, the award for most staying down to bone. That goes to you, the listeners.
0: All right. (laughs)
2: Silver Screen Savers Podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallett, Tyler Sukis, and Matt Sturtevant, with additional editing by Matt Sturtevant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo design by Nathan Seidel.